Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, welcome to Spiritual Talk. I'm Dan Steep, and this episode is being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email the address on the screen, infoforvalara at gmail.com. Welcome again to Spiritual Talk. The topic for uh, today is Jesus' instruction on soul winning. Jesus sent his disciples out to represent him and to share his power and his love with those that they came in contact with, but he gave them some specific instructions in Matthew chapter 10 that I want to, to highlight and share with you today. This is Jesus' instruction on soul winning, Matthew chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. In Matthew 10, 1, it says, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. So Jesus, first of all, before he gave them instruction and then sent them out, he gave them power. He gave them authority over unclean spirits, evil spirits, to cast them out and heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you And you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So first of all, number one, Jesus does not send his people out, his disciples, his followers, of which I'm I'm one. And I pray that you are one of his followers as well. And if you're not, before this show is over... It's my sincere hope that you will make that decision to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. But he didn't just send them out, uh, and he didn't just instruct them and then send them out. He gave them power. The word power in the Greek language comes from the word dunamis, which is the word we get dynamite from. He gave them tangible, substantial power to carry out the task that he called them to do. Now the scripture goes on. He says, um, after he names the, all, all the uh, disciples, verse 5, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out 
and commanded them, saying, Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He sent them out, and what did he say? Go. That's a key word in Jesus' vocabulary as he walked the earth. In his... Um, in this passage, but in many of his final addresses to his disciples, the word you'll find the word go in there. In fact, um, we'll look at Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said to them, this is Jesus giving his great commission in the gospel of Mark before he's getting ready to ascend to heaven. And he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every creature. Don't make a judgment or a determination about who's worthy and who wants to hear it. You preach the gospel to every creature. He said the same thing in Matthew uh, chapter 28, the, the great commission in the gospel of Matthew, Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus gave them power, and then he gave them a commission, and that, that commission was to go, right, to take that power. In, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I quoted that scripture already. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be witnesses unto me everywhere to the uttermost parts of the world. What is the power for? To be his witnesses. He gives us power to go and preach the gospel to every creature. He doesn't give us power to, to sit around uh, or to go to church service after church service. Not that those things aren't important, but you don't need power to do them. He gives us power to be witnesses unto him and to go and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone. And then he said to them in verse 7, As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the message of John the Baptist, Matthew 3, 2. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was the message that Jesus gave when he began his public ministry in Matthew 4, 17. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, what is the kingdom? Verse 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. This is the kingdom. That's how you know the kingdom is at hand. He said, freely you have received, so freely give. That's the kingdom. When you see the lepers being cleansed and the, the, the sick being healed and demons being cast out, you know that the kingdom is at hand. In fact, in Luke chapter 7, John the Baptist sent his disciples to inquire of Jesus to see if he is the one that they had been waiting for, or if they should look for another. And they asked him that question, and in, in um, Luke 7, verse 22, this was Jesus' response to them. Go tell John the things that you've seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, 
The dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. That was Jesus' answer as to whether or not Jesus was the one that they were waiting for and looking for. He's, we're talking about the kingdom of God. And, and it's the same basic things that Jesus was talking to his disciples about in Matthew chapter 10. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's the kingdom. When you see those things happening, you can know that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, it's interesting to me, particularly as it relates to Jesus' instruction on soul winning. He told John's disciples in Luke 7, 22, the poor have the gospel preached to them. It's a sign of the kingdom that the gospel is not only available to the upper echelon of social circles or to um, the established religious leaders and community. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's that word poor again. What does it mean to be poor? It's poor in spirit. To be poor in spirit means that you understand your own poverty of spirit. You understand your own sinful condition. That's poorness of spirit. And you understand that you can't help yourself. You're poor in spirit. You under, if, if a person is poor in spirit, then they understand actually the sinful condition of their spirit. When one is poor in spirit, they also understand that they can't help themselves. It's their poverty of spirit. But to be poor in spirit means to stand before God with no excuse and no justification and knowing that I'm poor in spirit and there's nothing that I can do to save myself. Only Jesus can save me. Now, the opposite of that would be to be to consider oneself rich in spirit. And there were people in Jesus' day that felt that way about themselves, primarily the religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the, the, the professors of the law. They looked down on Jesus and what he did, thinking that themselves they're actually rich in spirit. So Jesus demonstrated really two different approaches in his ministry here on earth. The, his approach to the poor in spirit and his approach to those who thought they were rich in spirit. But here's the, the, the bottom line is that everyone is poor in spirit, but not everyone knows that they're poor in spirit. Everyone is poor in spirit, but some people think they're not. And to those, Jesus didn't have the time, give the time of day. And when he did address them, he, he spoke to them 
in, in very clear and certain terms. He called them a brood of vipers in a bunch of whitewashed tombs, white and clean on the outside, but rotten on the inside. He laid it out very clear to him. He didn't even bother trying to attract them to the kingdom of God. They saw the works and the miracles he did, and they still weren't convinced. But now to those who were poor in spirit and knew it, they recognized their poverty of spirit. He had all the time in the world. He spoke very tenderly to them. He ate meals with them. He, the, the, the Bible says that he looked upon them with compassion because he saw them as people who were helpless and harassed. He was moved with compassion for them. That was his approach to those who were poor in spirit and were willing to admit it. Very different approach than to those who were poor in spirit but thought that they were rich. Well, we'll continue. Verse 9, he tells his disciples, these are his instructions to his disciples on soul winning, provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. What he's saying to them is, rely on nothing but me. And if you're going to go to the poor, you need to go to the poor as the poor. So don't take any gold, silver, copper, no bag for your journey. Don't take two tunics, nor sandals, or staffs. If you're going to go to the poor, go to the poor as the poor. Because remember, everyone is poor in spirit. The problem is not everyone recognizes it. So don't go to the poor in spirit in a haughty manner, in a prideful manner. Don't go to the poor in spirit um, depending on your own resources and your own strength. You go to the poor as the poor. Remember, Jesus said, he was quoting the Old Testament, you, you cannot live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's Luke 4.4. 4. And it's going to be really important because as you move ahead past these, these 15 verses that we're looking at, in verses 19 and 20 of, of Matthew chapter 10, it says, When they deliver you up, do not worry about what you should say, for it will be given you in that hour what you should speak. Remember? Can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In that hour, it will be given to you what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. That's the example. You go to the poor as the poor. You rely not on your own resources, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And when you're called upon to speak, I'll give you the words. 
I'll put the words in your mouth, and it will not be you who speaks, but your Father, the Spirit of your Father, who speaks in you. Verse 11. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. This is the money verse. Verse 13 of Matthew chapter 10. If a household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you, nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable in the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. So when you go out, whether it's a household or a city, what you need to do is find your man of peace, right? If the household's worthy, let your peace come upon it. If a, a city or a town is, is worthy, let your peace come upon it. Stay there and dwell in it. Now, how do you find your man of peace? You release your peace into the city, into the marketplace, into a household, one-on-one -on -one with a person. And if that person is your man of peace, let your peace rest upon him. Stay with him. Dwell with him. Tarry, as the King James says. And what do you do when you find your man of peace? You, you share the good news of the gospel. You, you pray over him. You release them of sickness or whatever the situation might be because it's your man of peace. When you come across your man of peace, it will be so easy. God will give you the words to say. It won't even be you speaking, but the spirit of your father. You'll want to just pinch yourself and you'll think, it can't be this easy to share the gospel, to, to, to be a witness. It can't be this easy, but it really is. When you find your man of peace, it will be effortless. When you find your man of peace, you'll pray for him. You'll deliver him from demonic uh, uh, possession or whatever the situation is like that. When you find your man of peace, the one who's worthy of your peace, you let your peace rest upon him. How do you find your man of peace? You've got to go out and release your peace. And the one who's receptive... Let your peace rest upon him. That's how it works. And that is, I believe, what Jesus was talking about in uh, Matthew 5, 9, when he said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Release your peace and let your peace rest upon the one who's worthy of your peace, and you will be a peacemaker, and you will be called the sons of God. Are you a peacemaker? 
If you are, that means you're a son of God. If you're listening to me right now and you're not sure if you're a son of God, a child of God, let's make sure right now. Let me ask the question to you this way. Because this cuts through all of the excuses and rationalization and all the religious spirits and all that kind of thing. If you were to die today, do you know with certainty beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? If your answer to that question is anything other than a resounding yes, then I want to pray a prayer of salvation that you can repeat out loud after me. And when you do, you can know for certainty that you are a child of God. You see, it's not a long, fancy prayer that saves. It can be a short, simple prayer that's prayed from a place of sincerity in your heart. The Bible says, who, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I want to give you an opportunity to make a confession with your mouth. Just repeat this simple prayer out loud after me. And you can know that you're a child of God and on your way to heaven. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you pray that prayer out loud after me, welcome to the family of God. You are a child of God. You're my newest brother or sister in Christ. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And when you prayed that prayer out loud after me, you called on the name of the Lord. So by the authority of God's word, I say to you that you're saved, you're born again, and you're on your way to heaven because you have Jesus in your heart. Please take a moment and go to my website at revivalnow.com. Just go to revivalnow.com, and there's a big red button on the front of the website that says, I just got saved. Click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do a couple of things. First thing you can do is you can view some video resources that I prepared to help you get started in your Christian life. And then you can fill out your contact information. And if you fill out your contact information, I make a threefold promise to you. Number one, your information will not be used for any marketing or solicitation purposes. It won't be shared with anyone. You won't end up on an email list or a mailing list or anything like that. Number two, I'll pray for you by name because now I'll know who you are. And number three, I want to send some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian life. So just go to revivalnow.com. Click I just got saved and follow the prompts. And thanks so much for doing that. And thanks for spending this time together with me on this episode of Spiritual Talk. I'm Dan Steep, and this episode has been brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA approved NASA used technology in your home, business, or car, 
that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2. Email the address on the screen, infoforvalara at gmail.com. Thank you again for sharing this time together with me. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.